Welcome to the Opinionated Benchwarmers Podcast, Episode 5. We're back again, the hottest and newest guys on the sports scene, and I'm here with my brothers, Ramon and Carlos. Hey, what's going on, man? It's your host with the most lows, man. I'm excited to get this Episode 5 going. And it's Ramon here, ready to get it going as well, man. So let's just jump into what we got to talk about, man. And it's Robert here, the voice that you're hearing, and we're just here today to discuss the playoffs. We're going to dip a little bit into the Rookie of the Year to our NBA Awards, as well as a lot of other things to talk about. As always, you can find us on O underscore Benchwarmers. That's on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure that you insta- you know, interact with us. That's the main thing we're trying to get going. So uh, we want you to you know, share your opinion with us. And we also want to want you to know that whatever platform that you're listening to, don't be afraid to share that link with a friend, as well as whatever platform that's your favorite that you like to listen to it on. But I'm going to mention the other platforms that we're currently on. That's Google Play. How you like that, Ramon? I said yeah, Google know, Play yeah, first. Said that first, bro. Got that yeah, first. it won't happen again. And then we got iTunes, and then we're on Stitcher, so... Um, and SoundCloud. So wherever you like to listen to your podcast for, we try to give you a, a myriad of options. How y'all like that word? Myriad. Dropping them college words on y'all. So let's get into it, man. We uh, Let's talk about the Pelicans and the Warriors, man. We're, that series, I think that uh, Mira Munn had them, the Warriors winning in six. But that, didn't, that w- obviously wasn't the case. Yeah, Lois called it, bro. No, Low said in five. They got swept. Nah, that no, was they won one. Yeah, they won one. Oh. You trying to take that one win away, bro? <laughs> yeah, you was right. You was right. You was right. You yeah. was right. It felt like they got swept. Yeah, gentleman sweep is what they call it, bro. Yeah, it's still a sweep. <laughs> okay. I mean, is there know, much to talk kinda, about? I look there? at it, and then you look at how they dominated Portland. So I mean, you know, the Warriors are different beast, though, man. You look at how they playing right now, especially with Curry. You know, Curry came in, he stepped in. And right away hit a shot. So that told me right away, I'm like, okay, maybe these boys are back. So, I mean, the the Rockets was my original pick to go all the way. But, man, mm. I, I know I kind of uh, Don't be, tight, don't don't be switching guy. up, bro. But, man, the Warriors looking scary. Yeah, I think the thing with the Warriors is it kind of reminds me, of course, you know, we all Lakers fans. And I think of back to, like, the early 2000s when the Lakers used to kind of chill out a little bit during the regular season and then – once the playoffs got going, they really ramped it up and showed, hey, we at a different level from all y'all other teams. And um, I think that's the same thing that's happening with the Warriors, honestly. You know, they kind of chilled out. They had little injuries here and there during the regular season. But they knew once it came to playoffs, man, who going to compete with that, bro? I never – I'm on record. I never doubted the Warriors. They're clearly on another level than anybody in the league. But, you know, it's, it's interesting. You know, I think that – the Pelicans gave their all. It's interesting to see what direction they're going to go in because, I mean, they have the boogie, the boogie situation. Yeah. We've discussed that before. And then we just got to figure out what they're going to do to surround. Are they going to keep Alvin? I think they'll keep Gentry. Well, they extended yeah. Gentry, so obviously yeah. they're going to keep him. So, I mean, you know, I don't – you know, what direction? I, I think you got to look at what everything that happened to them as a positive, man. I mean, they lost Boogie, you know, who – you know, it's a top 10 player. You know, y'all say, what, top seven or whatever top in the seven. league. Um, they got, they swept Portland, which was a three seed, made it to the second round of the playoffs, and they just ran into who is the best team out there. I mean, you talk about this Warriors team. They beat LeBron's Cavs last year in the finals in five games. 
So losing to them is not in in five games is not as big of a deal as it normally would be losing to somebody else because the Warriors are just that good. They just on another level, bro. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I think that the Pelicans have anything to hang their head on at all. So, so that's a good segue into the next team that the Warriors will face, and that is the Rockets, which I'm expecting an awesome series. I've been looking forward to this all season. I think everybody had that matchup written in. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm interested to see what's going to happen. I'm expecting it to be a long, drawn-out series. Mm. I don't think it's going to go to seven. I don't, I don't, agree. I don't think it's long. I don't think it's going to go to seven, but I do think that it'll probably, you know, six. I think it'll five. go to six. You think five? Warriors? Five games. Wow. Warriors in five. Warriors in uh, five. It'll, it'll I, go six. It'll be done in six. <clears throat> I think, yeah, I think, I, I, I just, you know, I couldn't see it not. I mean, the Rockets looking really, really good. I mean, Chris Paul put up 40 last night. Yeah, I mean, they good, very talented squad, but it's just Golden State, when they are dialed in, bro, they just on another level than any team out there. You look at even the way it matched up last year in the finals. I mean, it took everything LeBron playing 47, 48 minutes to get one game off of those guys. And you're talking about this is still that same group of four guys still surrounded with nice pieces so, I mean, I, I really don't see it being a long series. I mean, Max, I could see, like you said, maybe six games, but I'm sticking with my five-game prediction there. Nah, it'll go six. I mean, you got to look at it. You know, this is the first time the Warriors, I think, in you know, like the last few years have have not had home court advantage. So, you know, that that's going to play a factor into it, I think, with Houston having home court advantage. You know, I think, you know, Chris Paul, with this first time going to the Western Conference Finals, I think, you know, he going to really cherish this moment. He going to step up big time. So, we, you know, we talked about this before in the yeah, past. You know, James Horton hasn't had a chance to see. have a player right next to him oh. and, you know, to can take the pressure off him. And Chris Paul showed that the last game where he closed out, you know, um, who they just played? When they he just played Utah. Out, um, Utah, man. Yeah, Utah. When he closed out Utah, you know, um, Chris Paul took over, you know. And I think, you know, he's going to have those games where Chris Paul going to take over. And, you know, pretty much, you know, put the pressure on the Warriors. But six-game Warriors going to still win it, but six games is my prediction. And Chris Paul, that's my guy. He's been playing well all season. So, if you're getting a chance to see Chris Paul play, it doesn't really look like he's lost a step. He's, you know, him and I didn't, you know, when he first said that he was going to Houston, I didn't see it. But, you know, he proved everybody wrong that they can't coincide. So Yeah, they definitely found a way to coexist. Uh they find ways too, even at times, of course, staggering the minutes where you always got a playmaker on the floor. Yeah. They still have it spread with all those shooters. And really, it gets down to that guy really kind of breaking down the defense. Either, you know, they get into the basket and scoring or they dishing it out to all those three point shooters. And I mean, over half of their shots are coming from the three point line, which is, you know, kind of crazy to see. They truly play the game based upon analytics. If it's not a bucket at the basket, it's trying to come from the three-point line. Like, they don't play mid-range really much at all. Okay. Yeah, so the Rockets put away the the Jazz. So, you know, I think that it gives an opportunity for us to talk about Donovan Mitchell and what he means to the Jazz and his future. Uh, do you see superstar, star, all-star? 
So you got. I think I think that's a superstar. I think he's a superstar. He reminds me of a young Dwayne Wade. I mean, I don't know if that comparison is out there, With a but he reminds shot. me of a young Dwayne Wade. He's just he he can finish at the basket. He's fearless. You know what I'm saying? He can take contact and finish. You know, he's the slam dunk contest this um, winner this year. So I mean, I think you know he has he has the bounce, man. I, I like the dude to be a superstar for years to come. I mean, you think about the pressure that. You, you took on, you know, in the playoffs as a rookie, and, you know, you carried your team to you really battle in the playoffs and to win a series. I like the dude. Yeah, I, I think that, I, you know, we had this debate earlier before, and we'll probably talk a little bit even later, but that whole rookie of the year debate, and I spoke up, you know, for Donovan back then, man. I think the, the kid has all of the tools, and to me it seems like he has the work ethic as well that matches the tools. You know, we've seen certain guys, you know, we were even at one point, you know, D'Angelo Russell fans and the dude had his game, but, you know, doesn't really have to work at it to go along with it. But I look at Donovan Mitchell and to me, I, I see the total package there. So, you know, I, I certainly see him um, having a chance to really be a superstar in this league, no doubt. Yeah. And, you know, to allude to Carlos's point, I, I could see the Dwayne Wade comparison. I think he's like a Dwayne Wade with a jump shot. You know, he can he can stroke it. I think he has the mentality. He's not scared of anything on the floor. You know, I look I kinda, you know, it kinda brings me to that quote that they caught him when he was walking off the floor and he was mentioning James Harden and he was like, you know, if that's what he gotta do, of course I'm editing it the clean version, but he said if that's what he has to do to be MVP and he was just alluding to how James Harden often flops to get calls. Yeah. You know, but, you know, what stood out to me is that when in a league today where everybody's trying to big up everybody, you know, you see it with the with the with DeMar Rosen, DeRozan and, you know, Kyle Lowry, you know, as we discussed last week and how they look at LeBron and always, you know, you know, there's nothing wrong with complimenting your competition, but it comes a point where you're, when you're in a series battling with someone you know, all that has to be put aside. And, you know, it becomes a point where, you know, self-consciously you don't understand that you're really limiting yourself as a competitor. That's why Kobe, you know, was a loner when he was competitive because right. he didn't care who you were. He wasn't out there to make friends. He wasn't out there to big up anybody. And now that he's retired, yeah. now you hear him bigging up yeah, AI. Right. You hear him bigging up, you know, Duran and, and yeah. Harden. But when he was playing against them, you know, you really didn't hear much about it, especially yeah. when he's in a series. So yeah. I think that says a lot about his mentality. And I love that old school competitive mentality. There's no friend out there but the ball on the floor. So I thought that, that you know, Jazz got a good one, man. They yeah, got definitely. A good one. They got a steal in the draft on that one. No so doubt. I think that'll be a good segue for us to discuss the Cavs and the Raptors. Uh, the Raptors made me look completely crazy. <laughs> yeah. LeBron broke out the brooms, and LeBron absolutely dominated DeRozan and Kyle Lowry. I don't think it's much for us to yeah. cover right there. Uh, the Cavs will uh, advance to the Eastern Conference Finals, but what brings me to another point is what's a better conversation piece is what do the Raptors do from here? I mean, Dwayne Casey was in the room running for our coach of the year, but do they need to bust this thing up? This team yeah. is this team not they, working. So, so unfortunately, you know they talk about how you had a great players coming from your side. So back in the day, it was Michael Jordan. You know he prevented a lot of players from getting to the championship. You know what I'm saying? And pretty much LeBron is the only team, only you know player in front of them. You know, kind of like Jordan did. 
that's preventing them to advance. And so, unfortunately, until LeBron decides to move away from the East, you know, they're just going to forever run into LeBron. And so Toronto forever is going to be LeBronto, you know what I'm saying, where he owned them, you know what I'm saying. So it's just like, like I said, Jordan, he prevented all these great players that was coming out the East, you know, from getting to that championship game, from out, from getting a ring, from constantly going to these finals, you know, and LeBron is doing the same type of thing. I mean, I hate to put that in the same, put those two names in the same sentence, but, you know, you look at it and you look at the numbers, you know, they he, he's doing it, you know what I'm saying? You go to these minute finals from back-to-back, back-to-back years, you know, you're preventing these other teams from advancing. I see your point some somewhat, but then again, I mean, I think that Toronto yeah. had a better team than Cleveland. I think that they should have, yeah. you know, it they, just they didn't perform. They got to blow it up, bro. Yeah, they, they got to blow it up. Look what LeBron did to them, though, man. And the more, game winners, it's LeBron. The more, LeBron. The, the more is just not, you know, the more Kyle, I would say, I thought that the more was, was nipping on that superstar level, but the more is not a superstar. The more is a star, you know, borderline, you know, yeah. maybe below that because, you, you know, superstars show up in these, time moments. Kyle Lowry is nothing other than a gr- a good player, a good scorer. He's also right. absent in, in the right. playoffs, you know? And I think even, to me, what was even crazy about this time around, although Kyle wasn't great, to me, in that game three, Kyle at least tried to show up in that yeah. game where LeBron hit the game winner. Down the stretch, Kyle Lowry was getting buckets. They couldn't even put DeMar DeRozan in the game. He yeah. sitting on the sideline, Coach Saddam just because he wasn't contributing anything at all. He wasn't. And so I, I think they got to blow it up. And I even so Raptors fans are even thinking that. I actually saw some Raptors fans tweeting. They're actually trying to get our boy B.I. Yeah. yeah. They it, hope that we would trade B.I. over there, out there to Toronto in um, a package to get DeRozan. It, I'm going back way, on my statement. good for DeRozan, though, man. You know, he denied us. You know, when we was trying to sign him a couple years back, you know, because he's the hometown. You know, I believe he's from USC. And so we try to get the hometown boy again with DeMar DeRozan. He decided to go back to Toronto. So in a way, I don't feel sorry. When I say back to us, I mean the Lakers. Yeah. You know, so I don't feel sorry for him. He should have came to us a couple years ago. That's what he get. I, I, I'm going to have to go back on my word. I don't want anybody that comes from Toronto. Yeah. And, you know, Toronto, they, they have disappointed me. I'll never vouch for them ever again. I'll put my neck on the line. And we had Dwayne Casey as our coach of the year running. And he actually won coach of the year among the coaches among the coaches coaches among his peers but i mean he might they say that his job is on the line and i can see that if you go through a playoff series and you don't make any adjustments you know it's kind of saying like i I mean i just don't know you know it's they need to blow it up they need to get a new fresh young blood they need to see what they can get for for kyle and demar because i i I say this they only got a year or two to get any value back from right at the end of the day though like i know that at, at the end of the day, a lot of times a coach is going to take the fault. It's easier to get rid of a coach than it is to maybe move a to player or do yeah. anything like that. But we know it really comes down to his two stars on his team. They just don't have the the mentality to break through that LeBron barrier. They just can't break it in their minds. And so, you know, I don't put it... Of course, maybe Dwayne may take a little bit of blame there, but I don't really think it's his fault. I really look at those two guys as the issue and as the problem. Um, so yeah, and then they say that you know that the more I don't know what the more Dwayne Casey's relationship is now, but they had issues. Yeah, you know, and I don't think those types of issues go away that soon. But you know, not to take away anything from LeBron because LeBron basically dominated 
You know, yeah. he dominated that series, and I don't think we we'd be amiss if we didn't mention yeah. how well LeBron if, played. If you looked at the numbers, LeBron's numbers by himself were basically the same as Kyle Lowry and DeRozan combined together. Yeah, they av- to, together Kyle Lowry and DeRozan averaged basically thirty four points per game, which is mm-hmm. what LeBron averaged. They averaged fewer rebounds together than he did by himself. Mm-hmm. And then the assist totals together, they averaged about 11.5, and LeBron averaged 11.3. So you can't, as two stars of a team combined, and only give what one guy is giving on the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those t- in my opinion, I feel like those type of teams never beat LeBron, a LeBron-led team. You know, it's always like the teams, like the Pacers, a team that play together, like the Spurs that got him, you know, his first finals. You know, it's always those teams that play together that gives LeBron fits. Like the Warriors, they pass the ball. You know, I think they led the league in assists last year or something like that. It's always those teams like that. When you have two stars, like, you know, when I say stars, like Toronto have, those type of teams never beat LeBron. You know what I'm saying? It's always the team-oriented teams that beat LeBron. So, like, I think, you know, depending on what happened with the Sixers-Boston series, you know, I think Boston going to give LeBron fits. I don't think they, he, they beat him. But I think they're going to be more competition, surprisingly, than Toronto was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a good segue. The Boston and the Sixers series is not quite over yet. The Sixers was able to squeeze out a win to prolong their series convincingly. I don't think it's much for us really to cover there, which is obvious. But yeah. what's a fun conversation that we could discuss is that who would be the better team, who's in good hands for the next five years. Uh, I think that the I couldn't go against the I I love the Sixers and what they're doing there and I trust the process but I couldn't go against the Celtics considering Kyrie being there considering Gordon Hayward being there and just considering how well this team is playing without those two superstars so when they get back you know I could only imagine you know I don't I don't I hope that Terry would stay but I doubt it you know he's gonna probably go somewhere else to get money. But you but, still got one more year on that contract, though. Yeah, you still got one more year. So, But, you know, with that being said, I just think that the Celtics going forward for the next immediate immediate year, five next five years will be probably yeah. – it's going to get an East fix. Right. I think the way – if we having this discussion, we got to kind of have it in the lens of what do they look like kind of now and projecting them as opposed to us knowing that Philly does have cap space where they can go get a max guy like a LeBron or a Paul George, even though we want Paul George in L.A. Um, So I guess without looking in that lens and having that unknown there, I mean, I think Boston is in a great position, as you stated. Um, That starting five can be tough with, you know, Kyrie and Hayward and Brown. And Tatum, to me, is looking like another guy, just like we mentioned Mitchell being um, a superstar down the line. I can see that coming from Tatum. Um, as well and then you look at it as well they still have you know several upcoming draft picks that they still have they could piece those draft picks together even with a young asset and maybe go get another star you know they just in a great position they got one of the top gms out there you know we we talked about danny ainge and Mm -hmm. how good he is and then you know, you sit there, and of course, you got a top two or top three coach in the league as well. So, mm-hmm. I kind of like where Boston sits. But Philly could be tough if they do get one of those max guys this summer. Yeah, and we all know uh, it's probably LeBron's future home. Yeah. So I mean, you know, yeah, they with the cap space considering that. I mean, that is something to consider them being in the next five years. But. Um, 
So I mean, I guess you you know, is there anything lows you think? You, what do you think gonna be better in the next five years? No, I agree. I think I agree with you, Rob. Um, I think the Celtics definitely clearly the better team. You know, all the points that you hit on with you know them missing their two best players. You know, it's clear. You know, and they still dominating the Sixers right now. So. You know, that's an easy answer for me. Like, the, I, you know, the way Danny Age b- built this team, he built it the right way. And it's kind of like how the Lakers right now are trying to follow up, you know, behind the Celtics. You know, get the young pieces, you know, build some young pieces or whatever, and then start bringing a couple stars in and then, you know, building it that way. That's like, that's the blueprint. That's kind of like what the, the Warriors did. You know, they drafted well, and then they brought a star player in out of your dynasty. So that's kind of the blueprint. So I think the Celtics definitely the, the better team for the next five years. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, that yeah, that is. And the coaches are both phenom- doing phenomenal jobs, and they were in our Coach of the Year NBA Awards. I think that's a good time for us to segue into that. And for our NBA Coach of the Year and our opinionated bench warmers NBA Awards, we have uh, Brad Stevens. Yeah. Uh, I think that – that's pretty self-explanatory if you've been keeping up with the NBA and just how many obstacles the Celtics had to overcome, whether losing Gordon Hayward in the first 15 seconds of the game uh, to a gruesome ankle injury, uh, you know, n- you know, losing Kyrie right before when they're trying to make a playoff push, and they persevered through all of that. Yeah, and I think that they say is a lot about a coach. You know, Jason Tatum's a rookie and he's playing like a vet. You know, and you know, just Brad Stevens. I mean, I looked at, you know, I, we shouldn't consider playoffs for the coach of the year, which I disagree with. But you just look at the play he drew up for Al Harford, yeah. you know, in the, in the last seconds. And it was just amazing how, you know, he was able to free up Al Harford to put him in a position for the team to, to you know, prolong the game. So, you know. Yeah. You know, like you said, I mean, Brad Stevens, you know, we've been saying it even over the last couple of weeks or something. The guy is a superstar coach. Um, you're talking about a top two or three coach, where however you want to rank those guys really at the top. Uh, one thing, you know, even we shared before, Brad Stevens, I mean, the Boston Celtics have had like 19 or 20 different starting lineups this year. Um, he's been able to mix and match those different pieces. Um, Marcus Morris didn't even start the season. Mm-hmm. He started late. You know, you had a Gordon Hayward situation. But who was your top three, though? Oh, top three, you got it. Top three coaches. You got to go Greg Popovich. He he still it's is one. that guy. He's one. Um, at two, at two, that's that's tough. The ring credibility almost makes me want to put Steve Kerr there, but I really, me personally, I think Brad Stevens is the second yep, best coach in the league. I think Brad Stevens is the number two guy, um, and then I would put Steve Kerr at that number three spot. Um, you know, it's kind of tough to to do that when he got the ring credibility, but Brad Stevens is just that great, man. I I disagree. I think Steve Kerr should be number two. But other than that, I agree. Brad Stevens three. Okay, I mean, we agree. He he top three. I I like him at two, though, man. I like him at two. Just basically everything we've said, all that they've gone through, and it sucks. Like, I hate to see Boston have a coach like that because, to me, Brad Stevens has titles written over him. Like, he seems like the type of coach that's at least going to get one or two championships. Yeah, and I hate to see their ring count grow up. I know, right? Yeah, so for Defensive Player of the Year, we got Anthony Davis. I know our New Orleans listeners are going to love that. Uh, Anthony Davis, you know, as we know, if you watch him play, he's very, you know, 
he, his intangibles are off the off the charts. I don't think he's appreciated. Everything he does is not on the stat sheet. But y'all want to get into a little bit of what makes him defensive player of the year? Yeah, I think when you really look at it, um, you know, I know that we looked at kind of some of the numbers and saw him leading the league in blocks. Um, and AD is just, to me, even, like, he mans down the paint. He takes care of all that. But he's even a versatile defender. Like, he doesn't even just have to reside in the paint. He can go out there. He can switch. I ain't going to say I want him on every single guard, but he can give you enough time if you got a certain type of switch. Um, and I just think overall, you know, he kind of led that unit defensively uh, with the help of Drew Holiday as well. Um, but, you know, when I just look at it, I just think that he's the defensive anchor there. So, Yeah, the only player that would really rival him, you know, with the it would be Rudy Gobert, you know, and that's just the impact that he has in the game. But, I mean, Anthony Davis, though, you know, you like he said, you know, you lead the lead in blocks, you know, and you do it. And then you do it, you split in the paint, you know, for a good part of the year with DeMarcus Cousins and still lead the league in blocks. It's like, you know, the impact that he has on the game, just his length. He may not block every shot, you know what I'm saying? But just his length, you know, he, you know, messing with defenders or messing with guys going to the goal, you know, his, his impact on the game is tremendous, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I definitely I definitely think, you know, he should win Diesel Player of the Year. But the only player, like I said, would be Rudy Gobert if someone else did get it. And I think the only knock on Rudy, because I, I really, of course, we did consider Rudy heavily as well. Mm-hmm. I think the amount of games that he played, like the amount that he missed, is kind of a little bit yeah. of a, you know, a little bit of a negative on his resume from yeah. this year. But he was, you know, just as you mentioned, he was right there in our consideration. You can, you can pretty much say the same for for AD. This dude, man, I remember watching the games throughout the season. Every time you look around, he head into the locker room, especially for the play, people out there that play daily fantasy, and they get that scare of him going to the locker room every five seconds during the season. So, I mean, he's been healthy during he's the – cross your fingers, he's been healthy during the, the playoffs. But, you know, he's been kind of in and out too. So, I mean, I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah. Right. And, and then you always can throw in Draymond in the discussion as well. Right. He, he can guard positions. Easily. One through five. Right, right. So, you know, that's interesting. So, rookie of the year, a lot of guys are going back and forth on it. Uh, but we chose Ben Simmons as the rookie of the year. Um, I think his impact is quite apparent to me. I think that the weakness in his game is that he needs a jump shot, which is obvious. But, you know, you want to get into a little bit of what? Yeah, I mean, I think with the whole Ben Simmons situation, it's a little bit more difficult for me to speak up on this because, you know, I think what in the first episode or the second one, we, you know, had that debate and I chose Donovan Mitchell. Um, But as we all came together and put our heads collectively together for this, um, just Ben's impact, you know, averaging roughly 16, 8, and 8 as a rookie, you know, him basically filling the stat sheet um, and looking like, I'm not trying to say he's this guy, but almost looking like a mini LeBron out there. Um, kind of mm-hmm. how a little bit, how LeBron looked a little bit early in his career. LeBron is better. Don't get me wrong with that. I'm not trying to say that Ben is on that level. Fresh um, Prince. Right, right. But I'm just trying to talk about his overall impact on the game. And then you look at the fact that the Sixers were the three seed in the East this year. So it wasn't just like he was just putting up empty numbers, empty stats the stats actually led to winning. You know, even the win streak down the stretch of the season, you know, they had Embiid for part of that win streak, but Embiid went down in the middle of that and Ben kept carrying them throughout that win streak. Um, So I just think that overall, you know, he does have a resume to warrant Rookie of the Year. But is he a rookie? 
<laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he's a rookie. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I don't agree with that either. I, I think that if you you've been in the league for any type yeah. of time, you've been on road trips, you've been able to study film, all that kind of stuff. Like you've been getting acclimated to the league already. So yeah. I don't agree with that. I mean, we saw Julius Randle literally only play like five ten minutes in his rookie year, but he couldn't be classified in the next year to be in oh. the rookie year running. When he only played, you know, five or ten minutes more than what Ben Simmons played in his first yeah, year. You I know? think despite our pick as Ben Simmons, we stand by it, but I do think that that is flawed. I think that if you get injured before the season starts, who cares? You're disqualified from being rookie of the year. Um, but I don't think that has – I mean, it does have a lot to do with how well he's performing, I think. So the most improved player, and the funny thing about it, if you check our Instagram – we had we did some uh some pre awards like way too early yeah way yeah. too early awards and we had Victor Aladipo as winning that most improved player and I mean I think that it's without question yeah. that that he's gonna get that it's not award. even debatable man his improvement has been substantial and it adds on to another interesting conversation uh the does it speak to the type of teammate that Westbrook is and how you play with him because Victor Oladipo has been one that if you if you hadn't been keeping up he was he was uh, traded to the Thunder and yeah. he played with alongside Westbrook and you see the numbers he's doing now and you know to his defense he didn't put up the types of numbers that he's putting up now even in Orlando but you know just looking at the significant increase, you would just think that maybe if Aladipo was playing this well, maybe it would have worked out better for the Thunder last year. So, I mean, do you think that it speaks to what type of teammate Westbrook is? Like, you know, he gets rid of Durant. Durant didn't want to play with him. And now it's looking all but like Paul George is not wanting to play with him. Is he a difficult teammate or what? I think it speak. I think partly it plays a part into it, but um, I think the main thing is Oladipo. You know, and they talk about you know after his loss, you know, to the Cavs, um, you know how he 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 takes his trainer. You know, I think his training changed. He changed his body and all that stuff. I think that played a big part. I think Russell Westbrook. Yes, it's difficult to play with that guy. I mean, he's a great player. You know, um, reigning MVP. You know, and he deserved that. But you know, he's a stat chaser. You know, he, 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 he takes a lot of shots. You know, when you got other rhythm players, you know, like Oladipo and, you know, like a Paul George, players that need to get in the rhythm and feel the ball and touch the ball, those type of players, you know, um, you know, they don't play well, against, you know, with a, you know, a Russell Westbrook, you know, and I think that's the knock on Russell Westbrook. You know, he stat chases, and I think that Russell Westbrook, you know, with the, how many shots he takes, he gets other guys out of rhythm, you know what I'm saying? So I think. Mm-hmm. That's the only biggest knock, but I think the biggest part of Oladipo's jump was him changing his body, changing his diet, his workouts, and he's hitting it hard, you know. And like I said, after his loss to the Cavs, like five, I think it was like ten minutes later, he right. texted his trainer and was saying, hey, you know, let's get in the gym. I'm ready. You know what I'm saying? I like that. You know, I think I think Oladipo, he's trying to take it to the next level. He was an all-star this year. He's trying to take it beyond that now. Right, right. And I could definitely see him doing that. Just chiming in a little bit on what you were saying, Rob, about Russell Westbrook. I don't have too much to add to what y'all said, but I do believe that that guy is just, it's difficult to play with him. And 
and that sometimes the stats can be deceptive. Like, you look at the numbers and you look at him leading the league in assists and they like, oh, this is a guy that moves the ball. But if you see his type of assist, it's not like there's not a system there like Golden State system where the ball constantly finds others and it's constantly moving around. No, he's dribbling for about 20 seconds and either he's going to pull up or at the last second, he's going to throw it out to somebody. Or he's going to find Steven Adams like right under the goal. Like To me, his numbers are deceptive. And y'all know I've been a Westbrook guy for, for years. But I'm kind of coming off of that a little bit. But getting just back to Victor Oladipo, like you said, I think he really put in the work. I think he took it, you know, even in a personal sense that he got traded twice within, what, about a year's time. Um, that essentially, I mean, of course, you can look at it that two teams wanted him, but he can look at it as well that two teams felt that they could get rid of him, you know, for something better in return. And I think that, you know, he kind of put that on his back. He went back home. You know, he played at Indiana in, in college, and so he went mm-hmm. back home essentially. And I think he just put all that together, and you saw it develop into a most improved player this year. So, And he's the go-to guy now, so that helps a lot too. You know, you don't have that pressure of having somebody else. He is the guy. You right. know, when they need a bucket, they're going to him. Man, Victor has become, you know, one of the guys that I've gained a lot of respect for. I liked him a lot coming yeah. out of Indiana, but like you say, he didn't really go to the right situation in Orlando nor the, the OKC. So I'm really happy that he's finally looked like he's found his home. Right. And, and he's low-key. He's a two-way player, too. Like, people don't recognize Definitely. it as much. So he plays on both sides. Definitely, and if the coach, uh, I don't know his name, but if the coach would have put in Steve. Talking about Nate McMillan? If he would I'm still upset that he didn't put <laughs> Lance still in. still steaming over there. Huh? Yeah, game-winning shot, and you don't have, you know, LeBron's kryptonite, so to speak, Look, out there. It's cri- well, I think that's a little extreme as far as kryptonite, but. <laughs> if you want, you got one player to stop LeBron from hitting that game-winning shot. Who would you put? It's only a short list of guys you would put on him, and I'm guaranteeing that Lance Stevenson will be somewhere on your list. But anyway, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. But uh, So MVP, we got James Harden. Uh, James Harden, in my opinion, has been – well, last year you had to give it to Russ because he averaged a triple-double, for God's sakes. That's, he made history. Now, the year before, I think that he was snubbed. I think, what? Yeah, I think he was no, snubbed. No, not, not the year that Steph won unanimous. I think that I think that Harden, you must be talking about the first time Steph won, not the second time Steph won. The year before last, when it was like Nick and Nick. Yeah, you talking about the first Steph? You talking about Steph first MVP? Because his second one, that's not even debatable. Well, his well, either one, of, whatever he got snubbed. Okay. <laughs> so, and I think that James Harden would have won last year if, if uh, Westbrook didn't have that such a special historic season. So this year, man, they gotta give it to him. I yeah. mean, they gotta give it to him. Yeah, he's leading the league in scoring. Yeah, he, you know, he's on a great team. He's the best player on the best team. Still top five in assists. Top five mm-hmm. in assists, and his assists actually mean something. He actually make players better. Yeah, I don't think there's nothing more to discuss there. Give it yeah. to James Harden. Yeah, we can't even really debate that one. If it's rigged, if it's rigged, we'll know this year. Because if he don't get it, I don't understand. But can he play defense? Uh, oh, you trying to throw that? Actually, he actually this year James Harden was a better defender. This been like one of his best years defensively. Does Westbrook or Steph play defense? No, nah, I was just mess- I was just. Mess- <laughs> I think that's the biggest debate on James Harden. Can he play defense? But nah, he deserve it. He deserve it. Yeah, Westbrook and Steph don't not are not just uh, Ron are testing it out there. But uh, 
Yeah, so those are our NBA awards. Check them out. O underscore Benchwarmers on Instagram and Twitter. If you disagree with anything or if you want to chime in, just hit us up on Twitter and we'll respond as soon as we can. So, we're going to get into a little interesting talk about an interesting fellow. (laughs) (laughs) Very interesting fellow. OBJ, the NFL rankings have begun. They start, if you're not familiar with the NFL player rankings, it's just where NFL.com writers start. At this point of the offseason, with the 100 best, they start ranking the 100 best players in the NFL rankings. And I, we thought that it was interesting that they ranked Odell very 77. number 77, 77 on the list. Odell Beckham Jr., number 77. Top two receiver in the league. I'm going to say, like my guy Stephen A., that is blasphemous. <laughs> That is blasphemous. <laughs> so Bro, you kind of remind me of Stephen A. Bro. I thought Los a little bit. Los got a head like Stephen A. <laughs> <laughs> but man, what's going on with these NFL writers, bro? Clickbait or what, man? No, so I mean, so what they do is um, they get at the end of the year they let the players rank them. So yeah. really, it's the players. It's the, players. the players do a top one hundred. Well, they hating on that man. They hating on them. Yeah, so they do a top 100 ranking, you know, and so for I think a lot to do with it is the injury, you know. A lot of they did, you know, recency bias. That's how sports people are. They What's the recent most hottest thing? They forget about everything else after that, you know. You cannot tell me that there's five. You can't name five better receivers right now than Odell Beckham, easily. Can you not? I mean, it's hard to name one, you know what I'm saying, besides yeah. A.B., you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I don't agree with that. I mean, right like now, top you know, 10 I, think, I think it's just going to motivate this guy. Oh, that was top ten last year, wasn't he? I know. I don't remember exactly. He, he was, was up there. Like he, top five. He was high up there. Yeah, I don't remember exactly where he was, but I mean, we obviously know he's not number seventy-seven in the league. I don't. For me, I don't care injury, no injury, whatever it is or that. To me, when I'm ranking somebody, I'm ranking them based upon where they really fit in the landscape of things. And Odell is no doubt. In my mind, I got him as the second best receiver in the league. You know, some people may feel differently. You got D-Hop out there and Julio out there as well that some people like. But I think that Odell is clearly... How can you, how can you mention receivers and not mention A.B.? That's so disrespectful. No, because I said that him being number yeah. two, I'm talking about A.B. being automatic number one. Oh, okay. Like, I thought that's you what, said... Okay, I'm saying number bad. two is debatable. My bad. My bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying number two is debatable. Don't get me wrong. A.B. is number one on the list, no okay. doubt. No doubt. Uh, and B has won me some good I fantasy think, yeah. championships. Yo, speaking of fantasy, though, that's a good point. I think that Odell is the guy to have this year. You know what I'm saying? You got to think about it. He coming in a contract year. I'm kind of You know what I'm saying? He got, he got this ranking at 77. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He motivated. You know what I'm saying? He coming off an injury. He got something to prove. You know what I'm saying? So I think right now he going to be the guy. I might and, keep you know, him, man. Thanks. Thanks for the advice. Oh, I might me. keep him, man. <laughs> <laughs> he disappointed no, me. He disappointed me last year with the ankle injury, but I agree. I mean, I'm looking at his workout videos on Instagram, and uh, he looked like he's going in. So, you know, shout out to Odell, man. We know you, you top top ten player in the league. So, so now a moment of silence for us Saints fans. <laughs> we got some bad news. Um, if you don't know what I'm discussing, Mark Ingram was suspended. Four games for PEDs, which is performance enhancement drugs. Man, I don't understand why, like, 
it's it's always something with us, man. It's always something, you know. Like I think that our backfield is in good hands with Alvin Kamara. Yeah, definitely. You talking but, about fantasy? That's. But still, you know, you. like you know, can we just have our full team at full strength from the beginning for the beginning of the season? So you know, it, it's just. I mean, what do you think? Mm-hmm. I, I almost think it's to a point now where guys take those performance enhancement drugs and they're like, well, I'm, I'm only going to get four games. So, you know, like, I'd rather get four games and last in the league or, you know, not take them and be out the league, you know? Yeah, that that's an interesting point. Um, I mean, you know, you just don't want to see it spiral out of control. Like, of course, like, he need this needs to be a true wake-up call for him. Because um, even recently, I mean, we've seen a guy in, in Jalen Collins that's basically, he's pretty much ended his career based upon these performance-enhancing drugs. I mean, hmm. you talk about him having, he's had, what, like three or four different suspensions off of performance-enhancing drugs? And so now, you know, what team is really going to take a true chance on him at this point? So it's like, for even Mark Ingham right now, like, this is serious, like, he got to fix this right now and not go down that road, continue to go down that road. So, you know. Well, they say he appealed it and they denied him. And his agent is claiming that they're not, you know, it's not from actual performing enhancement drugs. So you got suspended for not performing enhancement drugs. It makes no sense. But either way, he's going to have to serve the four games. I don't think that it's going to be too too bad of a – I would hope not. I think Mm -hmm. what Alvin Kamara showed us last year – I really honestly feel like he could be that guy. So My fantasy team about to eat. Right? He up there with Ty Gurley to me. My fantasy team is going to eat with with Ingram being out for those games and you got Kamara by himself in that backfield. I mean, you also got to add our boy Boston Scott potentially showing up and getting some touches. But Yeah, I think Boston uh, would definitely make the team now. Yeah, what upset me about the Alvin Kamara thing is I was all over him. Man. I, I released him because they was doing the AP experiment at the beginning of the year and I was like man this guy's gonna never get carries in this backfield I don't have time to wait on him to see if he gonna play later on the year released him and of course Ramon scooped him up like a ground ball in fantasy so I mean that's upsetting I mean you don't agree with that Ramon what are you talking about? I drafted Kamara. You must have dropped no, him in another I league. Nah, I definitely drafted Alvin Kamara. <laughs> you must be talking about <laughs> yeah, another league. Draft, you man. That's another I league. definitely drafted Alvin Kamara. I think you try to. Yeah, I, you must be talking about another league that you was in. You been in so many, bro. You do about four, right. five. So yeah, I can't wait till fancy this year. I got I got a chip on my shoulder this year with all the injuries. You know, I had so many injuries last year, man. Let's not even get into it. But we're gonna get I mean, we're gonna do some fantasy coverage for y'all. We definitely gonna do mock drafts and rankings of players. We're gonna we're gonna sacrifice our competition, yeah, our competitive spirit. Cause we all tough. all three of us are in a league that we do we a league that we own every year. So we are extremely competitive. But we're gonna and we won five out of six. Bro. Yeah. So don't ever say we ain't did nothing for y'all. We're gonna do the research so you don't have to. So. Yeah, so is there much? There's not much more to cover, guys. Yeah, I, I think that kind of sums it up, bro. Yeah, so as always, we thank you for listening to us. Opinionated bench warmers. Hey, guys, we five episodes in, man. Yeah, <laughs> we best at this point. Bro. Yeah, man, we 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 here to stay, like we said. Make sure that you subscribe. Make sure that you um give us a review. Please give us a review if you like what you hear. And the text messages are great. We appreciate all of the support that we're receiving, but. 
you know, if you really digging us, we appreciate you just typing up a quick little two sentence, two sentence review about how you enjoyed it. Give us a five star like. Again, you can find us if this is not the only platform that we're on. We're also on iTunes. We're also on Google Play. We're also on SoundCloud and Stitcher. So check us out there. Make sure that you share this link with someone that's a sports fan. And make sure that you like all of our stuff on social media. <laughs> make sure that you follow us on social media. O underscore Benchwarmers on Instagram and Twitter. And that is everything. I am done. I am tired. I'm about to go yeah. give me some rest. <laughs> so that's about it. All right.